Hey everyone, welcome to the inaugural episode of Bible and Bullshit, the podcast where I drunkenly tell a story from the Bible, then have a drunk discussion about Bible and theology with executive producer Matt Flanagan. I'm your host, Chris DeCue. Some background about myself. I've been a Christian for as long as I can remember, and I've been a worship leader for about 12 years. I went to a Christian university where I studied music, Bible, and theology. I've had the idea for this podcast for a while now, and like everyone else, this period of pandemic and quarantine seemed like a great time to start it up. And speaking of pandemics, let's get into our first story, the original pandemic, the plagues of Egypt. But first, a word from one of our sponsors. Today we're brought to you by Romulan Ale. Bring me the brew that's bold and blue. Romulan Ale. Alright everyone, if you want to read along, we're going to start in Exodus 3. Now at this point in time, we're catching up with Moses several years after he's fled from Egypt. And he's now... Uh, married, he has a family, and he's a shepherd for his father-in-law, Jethro, who is a priest of Midian. So one day, Moses is out tending his flock on the far side of the hills, just way the hell out there in the middle of nowhere. And he's walking around, and he sees a bush on fire, and he kind of does a double-take, because, you know what, this bush isn't burning up. It's on fire, but it's not burning. So he's like, I gotta see what's up with this. So he goes over to the bush, and when he gets there, the bush says to him, hey, hold up, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals, for you're on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he started to freak the hell out, and he hit his face, and he's like, ah, and, the, and God said to Moses, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned for them. So I've come down to rescue them from the Egyptians and to bring them into the land I promised them way back in the day day. So go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, he started making up excuses. He was like, Is it, wh who am I that I should go to Pharaoh to get the Israelites out? And God said, hey, don't trip. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you signs so that he knows that I sent you. And then Moses starts making more excuses. And he's like, okay, uh, what if I go to the Israelites and I tell them this? And they're like, Oh, okay. Then what is the name of this God who told you this? He's like, what am I going to tell them? So God says to Moses, okay, when you go and assemble the elders of Israel, say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob appeared to me and told me all these things that I just said to you, and they will listen to you. And then I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us, and he needs us to take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to him. But know that he will not let you go unless he is compelled. 
so I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all sorts of plagues, and after that he's going to let you go. And, on top of that, I'll make the Egyptians uh, favorably disposed towards you, so that when you go, they're just going to be uh, hurling clothes and money, gold and silver at you, and just begging you to get the hell out. But Moses is still making excuses. He's like, okay, what if they still don't believe me? And uh, at this point, God is just frustrated with Moses. He's like, okay, what's in your hand? Moses is like, a staff? And God says, throw it on the ground. And when Moses throws it on the ground, it becomes a snake. And Moses freaks the hell out and runs away. But God says, hey, 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 come back here. And pick this shit up. And when he goes to pick it up, hand trembling, it turns back into a staff. And this is the first sign I'm going to give you for them to show that you are coming from me. Now, stick your hand in your cloak and take it out. And when Moses does this, his hand becomes all shriveled and ugly. And God says, okay, put it back in and take it out. And when Moses does it, his hand is returned back to normal. And then God says, since I know you love your excuses, I'm going to give you a third sign. If they don't believe the first two, what I want you to do is take a cup, dip that cup in the Nile River, take that water and pour it out on the ground, and that water will become blood when it hits the ground. I mean, Moses hears this stuff, and still he's making excuses. He's still like, God, I, I've never been eloquent. I don't speak that good. You know, I'm out here. I'm just doing my thing with the sheep. And God starts getting frustrated with Moses. And he says, who gave every human being the tongue in their mouth? Uh, is it not me? Uh, the Lord? Uh, go, I'll help you speak and I'll tell you what to say. But Moses is still like, oh God, I mean, I just don't do so good. And at this point, the Lord's just fed up and he's like, okay, you know what? Your brother Aaron, the Levite, uh, I know he can speak well. I'm going to send his ass out to meet you. How about that? He's going to be your mouthpiece to the Israelites. You will tell him what to say and he'll tell the people. Got it? Good. And so after hearing all this, Moses goes back to his father-in-law Jethro and he says to him, Hey, can you let me return to Egypt so that I can go check on my uh, people, the Hebrews? And Jethro says, Hey, it's all good. I wish you well. Now, God tells Moses before he takes off, Hey, it's all good to go back to Egypt now because everyone who wanted to kill you is dead. That's because he killed an Egyptian who was beating a Hebrew. Uh, so he, you know, took off. People didn't take kindly to that. And he also tells Moses, when you go back to Egypt, uh, see that you perform everything that I give you the power to do before Pharaoh. And little hiccup, uh, I'm also going to harden his heart so that he's not going to let the people go. But I want you to say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. And I told you, let my son go so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go. So I'm going to kill your firstborn son. And hearing these words, Moses packs up his family and gets the hell out of Midian. And on the way back to Egypt, Moses' brother Aaron hooks up with them. And Moses tells 
Aaron everything that the Lord said to him and showed him and gave him the power to do. So together they go to the elders of the Israelites and Aaron told them everything Moses said to him. And he also performed for them the signs uh, that Moses was given and all the people believed. And when they heard that God had seen how miserable they were, they all bowed down and started to worship. After meeting with the Israelite elders, Aaron and Moses go to meet Pharaoh. And they tell Pharaoh, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go so that they can hold a festival to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who, who the fuck is the Lord that I should obey him? I don't know who the fuck the Lord is. I'm not going to let the people go. And then they said to Pharaoh, But God wants us to take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Uh, or he may strike us with plagues or the sword. But Pharaoh said to Moses and Aaron, Why, why do you want to take the people away from their work? Uh, get the hell out of here. If, look, at, look at how many Hebrews I got working. You want to stop them now? That would throw everything out of whack. Get the hell out of my sight. I like to think that that meeting took place at like 11 and then afterwards Pharaoh is like having lunch and he and he just can't stop thinking and he's like these damn Hebrews they want they want a three-day weekend I ain't never heard no goddamn three three-day weekend get, get the fuck out of here with that shit and then when he comes back from lunch he gathers together his officials and his slave drivers and his overseers <clears throat> he's like look I've been thinking about it and the Hebrews now got to make bricks with no straw. I mean, let them go gather straw on their own. We ain't giving them no straw. But they got to make the same amount of bricks as before. They got to meet those quotas. Let us have a three-day weekend. What, the kind, what kind of bullshit is that? No, no. Get out there and spread this word. So then all the slave drivers and the overseers went out and they said to the people, you know, Pharaoh, he's put down these new edicts. We got to do what we got to do. And so all the people started scattering around, trying to pick up every little twig and piece of straw and, and strand they could find to make these bricks. But, but the slave drivers kept pressing on them, saying, hey, complete your work, complete your work. Why ain't you completed your quotas yesterday, today, the day before? What the hell's going on? And they start beating the Hebrew overseers. So the overseers, they're like, this is fucked up. They go and appeal to Pharaoh. They say, Pharaoh, uh, why are you treating us this way? That's, this is messed up, bro. And Pharaoh tells them, hey, you wanted a three-day weekend, so y'all are lazy. I'm giving you more work to do. Get the fuck back out there. And so the, the overseers go and they meet with Aaron and Moses, and they're like, Look what the fuck you did talking to Pharaoh. And now he's given us all this extra work beating us. He's about ready to fucking kill us. And Aaron and Moses are like, okay, okay, let us talk to God. We'll get this straightened out. So Moses, he goes and talks to God and he says, hey, why have you brought this trouble on us? It, you sent me to just cause trouble for the people. I, I came here to speak in your name and this is how you do me. So once again, God has to lay out the plan for Moses. 
So Moses goes back to the people and he gives his report of what God said to him. But the Israelites, they were just like, uh, get the fuck out of here, Moses. We, we got all this fucking work to do because of you. Just get just get the hell out of here, please. Then the Lord said to Moses, go tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go. But Moses said to God, look, if the Israelites aren't going to listen to me, why the fuck would Pharaoh listen to me? You know, since I since I don't talk too good and whatnot. So God gets exasperated again. And he's like, look, the deal that we had with you and Aaron and the Israelites, we're going to loop Pharaoh in so that now Aaron's going to be your mouthpiece to Pharaoh as well. So shut the fuck up. Let's get it going. And then the Lord tells Moses, okay, when you go to Pharaoh, he's going to want you to perform a miracle. And when he says that, I need you to tell Aaron to perform the first sign that I showed you in the desert. So Aaron and Moses go before Pharaoh again, and they do just as God commanded. Aaron throws down his staff in front of Pharaoh and all his staff, and it becomes a snake. I don't know, like an asp or something. But then Pharaoh was like, Psh, and he gathers his magicians. I don't know, like some David Blaine, David Copperfield motherfuckers. And they do the same thing. They're like, oh, that old staff into a snake trick. I got that. Throw their staffs down. They become snakes. But because Aaron's staff is imbued by the power of God or something, it's, it swallows up all the other staffs. But still, Pharaoh's heart, he, it just became hard, and he wouldn't listen to them, and it was just as God said he wouldn't let the people go. Now, when they did this, they were no spring chickens. When the plagues are about to kick off, Moses was 80 and Aaron was 83. Uh, I guess, how should we uh, get into this? Uh, okay, I guess now we're joined by Matt. Hi, Matt. This is me. All right, so uh, I guess you want to discuss the uh, story. I think we should. It only feels appropriate. I have been oh. sitting here for 30 minutes listening to you talk about it, so 15, whatever it's been. So it does feel appropriate that now we have a conversation. Or we could just drink. Really, it's up to you. I mean, we're here, so we might as well talk. We might as well, might as well, might okay, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> well, it since you start, nice. start off with something easy, Matt. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> To worship God. Oh, okay. I thought it was 42. No, I mean, okay. I guess the first thing that, that hits me with this one is, I guess a little bit of context maybe is, so why do we know why Moses? Why, why was he the, why was he the guy? Yeah. So this is discussed uh, earlier in Exodus. Uh, you learn that Moses is born of the Hebrews, but then actually back up to two little steps so the hebrews have been in captivity for like 420 you know somewhere in there uh and pharaoh's like oh my god captivity as in they were they're, they're slaves yeah they're in they're enslaved at this point uh and pharaoh's just like there's so many jews everywhere and he's like we got to cut down on this so any male babies born to the hebrews have to be killed the girl ones are fine so opposite of china hmm. 
Yeah, so he's Peculiar. like, we got we got to stop these Hebrews, and of course, being a male centric society back then, you know, kill the males. Um, so Interesting. after that, but they uh, weren't allowed to sort of, uh, for lack mm-hmm. of a better or maybe more politically correct term, they weren't you know cross pollinating. <laughs> Inter- right? No, no, no. There was no. Uh, okay. No. I was just trying to sort out. Okay, I understand that from a power perspective why the guys, but I was just yeah, yeah. wondering if there was I mean, something. Not not that so, we're if told. that was sort of like our forefathers thing, where they're like enslave everybody, but also I'm going to keep some women for me. I mean, maybe we are told Jefferson. Sp- shout out Thomas Jefferson. Uh, shout out. <laughs> uh, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, we're not told specifically if there was intermingle okay. between them, uh, but. Got it. Uh, so after that decree goes out, then Moses is born, and uh, they raise Moses in hiding for a few years, and eventually they got to get rid of him. You know, so they put him in the basket on the river, and send him on his way. Yep. And then Pharaoh's daughter oh, picks yeah, him up. Yeah. So Pharaoh's daughter picks him up and raises uh, him as one of her own sons. So Moses is in this really unique position of being. Uh, born a Hebrew, mm. but raised as an Egyptian royal. I mean, and then... I totally forgot about that. I'm thinking of the animated movie now. What was the one that we all uh, had to watch back in the day? Prin- Prince of Egypt. Prince of Egypt, yeah, yeah. But the but didn't he actually have a speech impediment, right? He had a really uh, bad speech impediment? He says he did. <laughs> it, it's never... Okay. I, can, I can't think of a place where it's shown besides where he just talks about it where he's like god okay. i don't speak too good mm. interesting yeah so okay yeah um so then, he so mm-hmm. so our boy moses he you know gets right ra- so what was the turning point for him and i'm trying to remember from the movie why did he end up so what what was sort of yeah the turning point whereby Mo- moses i had literally double checked that i was saying the right name again <laughs> um jen will do that to you (laughs) Mm -hmm. where um or excuse me what was the turning point for moses then leaving egypt and going back to his people was didn't he yeah so i mean we'll get more into this as we get deeper into the podcast and tell more stories but uh a short version would be uh he knows that he isn't egyptian that he knows that he's Hebrew, Mm -hmm. and he sees an egyptian uh, like overseer beating a Hebrew slave, he kind of loses his cool and ends up murdering the Egyptian and has to flee the country. I feel like I've seen that in a Netflix series before. Uh, maybe it could have been in. Nope, that was a whole different thing. By the way, as a quick side note, this mm-hmm. is important and relevant to the co- to the uh, podcast. Did you ever see the Netflix show Messiah? No. It was actually a really interesting show. It was like if the Messiah, Jesus, came back during today's world, would we believe him? And they sort of, unfortunately, didn't get renewed, so you don't know if it was actually him or not. Because um, <laughs> Netflix was like, nah. Yeah, um, not but a lot of really interesting. One of the other things I was thinking was, how literal do you think the burning bush bit was? Was there literally a bush on fire? Or, I mean, was he on acid? Where are we at right now? How literal <laughs> was this? See, no, that, that's just the thing. The story says that it was an angel of the Lord who, like, lit the bush on fire. 
who was the fire in the bush, and then God spoke through the bush. Uh, I would assume... It just feels like so much work, doesn't it? I mean, you gotta, you gotta do layers upon layers. It's like an onion. Or a parfait. <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, there's theories out there that maybe he was tripping on acacia and whatnot, because that's prevalent in that region. Um, I literally don't know what that is. The acacia tree? It's a, it's a very... I appreciate the way that you said that, such <laughs> I, to make me I, I, feel I'm, as I'm, if I'm, I should have known about it for a long I'm, period of time. I'm trying to think of a, a <laughs> polite way to put this, not towards you, but uh, picture almost any, like, cut out thing like shadow thing you've seen of africa with the tree and like a giraffe or whatever mm -hmm. the tree that's always shown is an acacia tree understood okay. yeah. uh, and if i remember correctly they have a very high amount of some sort of uh, psychedelic chemical in them so if you okay. burn it it'll you know get you high okay good for mm -hmm. him yeah, so he could have been doing that. It could have been God. He he might have just been tripping because he was out there alone. Yeah, anxiety will do that to you. It I'm will. sure people back then had issues with anxiety as well. Oh, so yeah. Can't really fault the man. But I mean, you know, again, sort of with regards to the burning bush, with regards to the staff being turned into a, sta a snake, mm -hmm. how much of this stuff do you think is literal? And how much do you think it, because isn't that yeah. the big, you know, you sort of think about, I mean, you and I have had this discussion on a walk many times in the past, right? Mm -hmm. How much, how much of the Bible as a whole, let alone some of these very specific stories that we're talking about today are meant to be literal, be taken literally rather than figuratively or sort of just in the overarching narrative sense, yeah, or uh, sense of the narrative rather. I mean, honestly, it's hard to say. The Bible isn't really a history book in the way that we think of history books. It's not a science book. It's not really an educational right. piece of text. It is a spiritual piece of text, so it doesn't... Mm. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to get at is ultimately it doesn't matter with whether the stories are factual or actually happened or not. It's more the idea mm. that they're trying to get across. Yeah, so. and so I mean, I know we're 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 skirting around some of these bigger questions that we've talked about in the past mm -hmm. today because we wanted to stick to this story and probably in future episodes we'll dive into some of the bigger stuff because um, there are so many questions you know that come to uh, mind or so many thoughts that come to mind right when mm -hmm. you when you oh say <laughs> take this mm -hmm. as an idea it's like okay. You know, there are so many, and, I, and there are so many things just in the story so far that, that you know, the story that you just told mm -hmm. so far that feel really, really relevant to what's going on in the world today, sort of, right? For sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's just the whole thing of like uh, a people group rising up and uh, an overclass not listening and... And not uh, understanding, right? Exactly. Sort of, sort of feeling like, okay, but wait, it's not so bad for you, right? Like it's... It's not so, well, I, you know, I guess maybe the asterisk is, you know, Pharaoh takes away the straw. And, and again, there are probably some, some, some through lines that you can draw from that to things that are going on in the world today that, oh, are, yeah. that are really interesting, I think. To, you know, what have we taken away? What, what have we as society taken away from people or people groups that maybe we look at as lesser than ourselves mm -hmm. that we don't recognize we're taking something away, right? 
because yeah. it's it's a much more passive taking away. It's much less direct than it was back then because, well, allegedly, we don't have dictatorships anymore. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> allegedly. America's not a dictatorship. Uh, I, I guess, like, uh, one of the things that comes to mind isn't, I mean, it is recent history, but not you mm. know, past 10 years type recent. I, mean, I think it was the 60s when the Black Panther were a big thing. In right. California, they had a bunch of demonstrations where they were all out on the street. You can go mm -hmm. up and look pictures of this online. They had yep. their AK-47s, their automatic rifles out as was legal. Mm -hmm. and then America decided, oh, we're not so comfortable with black people having guns. So then they passed legislation banning uh, the automatic weapons and whatnot. Yeah, so many, so many deeper. Uh, to and be honest made with you, it I don't... harder to get guns as well. Although I would argue we should probably do an even better job. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, whereas back in the day, they just had to keep people off of the uh, the burning bush. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, exactly, we got right? we got <laughs> we got a lot more to keep people off of. Uh, circling back, though, one of the things that I was so curious about is um and to be totally frank i mean my understanding of sort of egyptian mythology um is mm -hmm. limited to the history channels documentaries that i watch on disney plus um also aliens. shout out disney plus <laughs> yes uh, the pyramids were built by aliens uh there's a three-part series you should look mm -hmm. it up yep, yep. <laughs> but of course were so the pharaoh was meant to be a god Right. And so the yeah. whole idea was everybody worships Pharaoh. So does Pharaoh not worship anybody but himself? Uh, or how does that work? Because there was like the sun god Ra. I remember that. Yeah. And then there's also, uh, uh, I believe one of the Pharaohs called himself Amun Ra. So oh, that's, he was, yeah, yeah. So he was seen as kind of a cohort of Ra and uh, whatnot. But no, the Pharaohs kind of had, uh, how to put this? Um, they were a god, but they were also. Uh, is it as if so? There are tears, almost like right? they were it's... part of a almost like they were part of religious sex. So, okay. like okay. this, uh, this pharaoh is god, but he also follows this sect of Egyptian god. I'm almost thinking it's like the hierarchy within an organizational structure, right? You got your CEO. Yeah, kind of. You got your chief marketing officer, so you got a group of people, associate directors or directors that follow that person, and yada yada yada. So, was there a sort of CEO of the gods for the Egyptians? Was there like the one overarching or umbrella god, or what was the deal with that? I'm not an Egyptologist, so we're we're just kind of talking out our asses right now. <laughs> yeah, which is but, exactly uh, that's the way to live life. I think so, but I think Ra was one of the top gods, if not the. Yeah top god so that's what that's what i would think hmm. that's really yeah i don't know some of that stuff's interesting to me because i guess at that point as well so much of it is especially well i don't know so so before i ask this question or before i say that mm -hmm. do the egypt what was the egypt what were the egyptians uh or, or were the egyptians generally affectionate towards pharaoh was there or, or was it sort of this cult you know was he kim jong-un where it's like you know all the posters you see are just like him smiling and everybody loving him but in reality i mean we all saw the movie with james franco right <laughs> you remember <Yeah>. that movie? <laughs> uh, the interview yes <laughs> yeah 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 it should have got the oscar <laughs> best documentary of the year yeah but um yeah so what was what what were the feelings towards pharaoh from his people 
obviously I mean, pre-plague. And of course it changes with every pharaoh and what they do, but I think generally the Egyptians were pretty uh pretty predisposed to treat the pharaoh well and see him in high regard. They're pretty fond of him. Mhm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know, I guess some of that stuff too. I'm like I'm I'm thinking about the correlation between that and so uh, what happened then as as opposed to what's happening today or, or sort of what the world looks like today, mm-hmm. I guess. And I don't know, sometimes, you know, when I hear these, and again, sort of the context for anybody listening is obviously we've had discussions like this many times in the past about many different topics. And oh, yes. so in some ways I think about, you know, how much, how much is the same from that time and how much has actually changed? Uh, Do you know what I mean? I mean, that is the human question. Uh, Isn't it? Like, have we actually evolved socially? Evolved? <laughs> <laughs> we, we would like to think we have. Mm. Uh, I would argue, I would personally argue, not that much. I, I really don't think that humanity's basic desires and impulses haven't changed. It's just how much we can express them. And isn't it interesting as well, we think about things today like addiction, right? Well, mm-hmm. not, and obviously, you know, drink responsibly. I um, get it in. Yeah, that too. But, you know, Moses, there are these rumors of the acacia tree and, you know, you mm-hmm. know, people, they ha- obviously they had wine then. I think the, the Egyptians actually were the first to, to create uh, beer. Beer, yes. Yeah, right? And, or, you yeah, know, so someone in were, Mesopotamia, whatever. Yeah, Little column A, little column B. Exactly. But I mean, you know, in the same way today that people struggle with addiction, back then they struggled with addiction. And, mm-hmm. and, and in the same way, then it's like you see something, you see something that is meant to be powerful, Pharaoh. And so you believe it because you see it. Whereas in this case, God, you can't see, but mm-hmm. you see a representative, a spokesperson. So you don't believe because it's not. I don't know. You know, there's something there as well, isn't there? Yeah, there, there is. And a couple places in the story, uh, as I think at least once so far, and maybe once or twice more in it, God says to Moses, I have, make, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and Aaron is your prophet. Hmm. So... So God, well, that's interesting, right? So he's God created tears. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so the God's chairman like, of the board. You're the CEO, and Aaron's your executive director. Go get exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Aaron's like your PR guy talking to the masses. <laughs> I got this. I got this. I got this. So listen. <laughs> yeah, right? Have you ever seen uh, the John Mulaney thing where he's like talking about the guy uh, in the Civil War? Sorry about all your husbands and sons, but I give you the gazebo. <laughs> <laughs> that's right yes Aaron's the gazebo guy <laughs> yeah exactly uh, okay yeah so I mean it that that is kind of interesting because then you have because at that point it's almost like two physical gods going against each right. other right I mean Moses as the representation uh, almost, almost like the, the embodiment right exactly so if hmm. carnal means uh, flesh and you know body then he's like the incarnation almost like jesus was later so he has become almost the incarnation of god to pharaoh and then aaron gets to speak for him whoa wow mm-hmm. that's a lot to unpack i feel like i mean I just can't... okay oh we can go even deeper with that uh Hit comparison me. uh so god is moses is kind of the incarnation of god in this story okay. jesus is the 
uh, well, I was just going to bring. Uh, this I was going to say the literal incarnation of God. Um, Moses frees his people from literal captivity. The Jesus Hebrew people from literal him. captivity. Jesus is here to liberate not just the Hebrews but all of humanity from their captivity to themselves, their captivity to sin. So is God Jesus the same way that, or is Jesus God the same way that, or is Moses God rather the same way that Jesus is God in this story? I would say not just because of the human, you could say the human differences in the told stories. And so it's like, okay. Yeah. So really, Moses. Really good asterisk to add there, yeah, by the yeah. way. So Moses has two human parents mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. is you know, then given this mission. Uh, Jesus has a human mother and then God is his father. And uh, you could almost see Jesus as another expression of God. Mm. So the the same, the same as God, but a different, a different perspective on him, a different paradigm. Paradigm shift. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen Covey, read it, everyone. Huh. Comcast. <laughs> I feel like you need to tell that story. Just give give the listeners some context. Uh, many. Oh, geez, it was many years ago now when we were roommates. Uh, Scary thought. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think we had Comcast. I believe it was them for our internet and it TV. Was. And we just had shitty service. I don't think it's changed. And uh, Matt calls them up complaining one day. I would say, please, was I wouldn't say complaining is a strong word. I was, I was stating the facts. I mean, yeah, stating the, flat, the facts to this nice young lady who's just trying to do her job at it some, you know. I do regret <laughs> how this turned out. <laughs> and he's just being very factual and blunt with her. It not not rude but curt <laughs> and eventually i don't know what she said but all i heard matt say was paradigm shift <laughs> <laughs> i think i was explaining and i just it. died laughing <laughs> <laughs> i think i was trying to go into or i was going to an explanation about how the service not being rendered at the level to which it was contractually stated was and also that creating they a monetary imbalance. Yes, and that is exactly why I started laughing. Because <laughs> their <laughs> their business was serving themselves and not the customer. <laughs> yeah, and I went into a I went into pretty much a I would say I, I yeah yeah it was very detailed. Um and uh shift. And that was sort of my closing argument. And unfortunately, and I don't know what it was, but when I said paradigm shift, she started crying. And I felt really bad. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, I did, I did, I did. You know what, I will tell you, I have not done that to anyone over the phone since. I always start with, I know this is not your fault. Mm -hmm. I apologize if I sound rude. This is not on you. It's Mm -hmm. your company. But that said, (laughs) nonetheless... Mm-hmm. Always the more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so paradigm shift for for yeah. Moses as well as Comcast is essentially what exactly. We're yeah, yeah. Oh man. <clears throat> yeah. Well, so you could couple... see the you could see the Trinity of God: God the Father, God the Son, 
God, the Holy Spirit, as different perspectives on the same being, different expressions of the same person. Right. I'm excited for us to dive into that more. I think in, in, I think we probably, that's a, that's a number of episodes away from now, but um, at least for, for listeners right now, but that's something I'm really interested in diving into, especially in the context of this story. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, we'll, we'll get into this in the next episode, but one of the things that just really sticks out to me is, and, and again, we've talked about this in the past is just the sort of the role that the other Hebrews play, the slaves play in this whole story mm-hmm. uh, sort of, it's like a non-factor. And in fact, in some ways, it's as if they're used by both sides, just as a pawn piece, right? Because in this instance, we see God saying, hey, I'm going to kill all of your slaves. And Pharaoh's like, you know, hey, F you slaves, I'm going to make it even harder for you to be slaves. And they're like, yeah, but isn't that just punishing you? Because we're building these, like we're making these bricks to build you shit. And Pharaoh's like, yeah, well. Yeah, uh, so, Pharaoh's kind of a dick. He's Pharaoh is, but you could argue in this story, so is God. Oh, no, I'm not saying God isn't. I mean, he's also <laughs> trying to... I'll never say God is or isn't anything. He's what I'd he like wants to, to be. The fifth on this. Well, <laughs> them, they is what it likes to be, right? I mean, Gender neutral. We don't know what, what God is. He says him, so we'll just say him. I'll say the yeah, writers of the it, Bible say him. And that's the best we have to go off Are there any... Holy shit. Whoa. Mind blown. Are there any pieces in the Bible, or any sections in the Bible written by women? I do believe, and they're not canonical, I think there was an epistle written by a woman. So, like, uh, post-Gospels, like the Paul era, Peter Paul those type of books i believe one was written by a woman but it's not canonized just like there's a a book of judas but that's not canon yeah well that's the catholic church that's totally different that's another episode canon yeah Yeah. Yeah. well canon catholic same thing you know star wars canon bible canon whatever also fuck me no wonder we have so many problems in the world Mm mm-hmm can I just tell you, time and time again, I have seen in both my professional and personal life, women handle things better than men. And, and let me just give an example. Let me just mm-hmm. give you an example here. I'm right not, not going to disagree. Yeah. Uh, right. Everybody listening to this is living in the time of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. COVID-19 probably wouldn't exist without men. Think of how disgusting men are. Think of little boys, right? Little girls, they wash their hands. Okay, and I'm not trying to push anybody into a box. I think, you know, everybody can be free to do. But generally speaking, when I see little boys, they're friggin' disgusting. And when I see little girls, I'm like, you're awesome, okay? Mm-hmm. Not all of you because your parents are shitty, but that's not your fault. You exactly. just gotta, you know, grow out of your parents. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. I was talking to my chiropractor about this the other day. He was like, yeah, we were, we were having dinner outside. And my kids, I got a daughter and a son. And my daughter, you know, comes inside. She washed her hands sits at the dinner table. My son comes inside, rubs his hands on his pants, picks his nose, and then goes and grabs fruit out of the fruit bowl that everyone's going to be grabbing out of. And he was like, holy shit, this is why COVID exists. Yeah. Yeah, it's because men are disgusting. Uh, yes. <laughs> By the way, on that note, we're, uh, we're inching towards the end here, sir. Uh-oh. Well. Yeah, we've done well today, I think, though. I think but we I do did think- pretty good. I think you should. Uh, I think you should pose something for us here to uh, to leave the listeners wanting more. 
Oh no, I do, I don't have anything prepared. Ooh, you know what? And we then I have say, a twenty minute speech. Yes, I didn't. Have, <laughs> I had nothing for this. Pulls out of his sleep. Uh, what people don't know is he's he's got no sleep. We did say that each week we would cover one random topic. So oh, I think that's right. Yes, similar uh, to how MPR we're going to need to make a flow chart of this we podcast. We do. We do. We have an Asana um, checklist for this. Uh, we use Monday Trello Asana. Uh, we also have Google Sheets, Numbers. Everything's gone. <laughs> So I think how we I think I think it's your turn to go first, sir. One okay. random thing that you that uh, that you're thinking about this week. Oh man, I guess uh, for me personally, I'm taking on a few more uh, duties at my church. Mm-hmm. So what for me, what I'm seeing is that <clears throat> a lot of churches are doing very good at this, but mm. some of them, especially some of the smaller churches. Uh, maybe some of the ones that are uh, more set in their ways really. Um, I wish that everyone that. could see how you just said that. I'm just—it's like specifically this week has been very frustrating. Can you give me an example though? Like, what do you mean break out of their ways? Okay, so this week I had a Zoom meeting with our choir. Mm. I would say ninety percent of our choir is over sixty years old. And we're working on a virtual choir project. So everyone sends in a video of them, you know, uh, singing a particular song and I'll stitch it together and it'll be a a production, Mm -hmm. which we'll then put in our service. Uh, And some of the people, uh, I would say the younger ones who are like 45, um, (laughs) let me be a bit nicer to them, 35 to 50 (laughs) we're like into it and very excited like hey we haven't actually got to meet together or sing for the people (laughs) and like they were very excited about this prospect of this but the older people and I can understand that they have maybe they're not as comfortable with technology uh, but some of them are just intransient they just don't want to move they want things to go back to how it was march mm. 18th yeah that's not they gonna want happen everyone to be together a big group singing yeah. and they just don't like the idea of doing remote things they don't like the idea of doing more on having a larger online presence mm-hmm. and it's just very frustrating to me that they can't that some of these people can't see the value in growing the church in the way that the new generation communicates. I think we need to do a whole episode on that because I mean, um, yes, that could be a whole nother episode after the plagues. We, we could take a little break, talk about that and then move on. Yeah. And for everybody listening, I would say we got some cool stuff planned. When I say we, I mean, yeah. he has some cool stuff <laughs> planned. I'm mostly just up for the ride. I know um, you're the EP. So you're, you're backing it on the back. back this end. is e- yeah, this is one of those things where, you know, he's like, hey, I want you to do this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we can get that done for you. And he's like, okay, but I want it done quicker. And I'm like, okay, well, that's going to be tough. And he's like, do you want to be on an episode or two? And then I get <laughs> invited. Um, so well played. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think for the thing that I've been thinking about this week, 
Gosh, that's big. Um, you know, I guess the one thing that really sticks out to me is uh, actually Chadwick Boseman, which is probably now a mm. little over a week, but Chadwick Boseman yes. passing away, um, colon cancer. One is just, you know, sort of the role. It's, it's interesting because I've always struggled with this because sort of um, art through sort of video or film as an art form has been something I've been fascinated with. And I think... Mm -hmm it's it's a real passion of mine as well and um at the same time i think a lot of people knock these sort of big block blockbuster movies you know i think you know probably scorsese. black panther had yeah yeah although scorsese's made the same movie for the last seven movies um know, right? so come <laughs> at me bro at me scorsese makes the exact same movie every time um mm. and nobody wants to watch the irishman it's three hours long. i'm sure everybody watched it no i didn't yeah. watch it three hours long and i've seen it three times i'm not into it um, I'm sure it was great. I'm sure the performance is great. I'm sure the writing was great. Mm -hmm. Good for you, buddy. I mean, I, I um, did. I honestly did skip through it. It's too much. He's doing it, it, too much. Uh, the parts I did see were fantastic. Oh, I'm but, sure that I'm, I'm you know, honestly could have been I'm sure two it's a hours. Great movie. Yeah, I'm sure it's a great movie. But anytime I see a Scorsese movie, I'm like, ah, I feel like I've seen it. Um, that aside. Yeah, I, you know, I think about these big, you know, blockbuster movies, especially sort of the Marvel, you know, Marvel's really changed the box office. I mean, they've owned the box office for however many years, but Chadwick Boseman, I think, was the first true black superhero in many ways, and it couldn't uh, have really come at a better time. I, well, sort of. I mean, and, I mean uh, the most widely accepted. Right, yeah, 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 and that's what I mean, I meant by true. I don't mean to, do, I don't mean to devalue, yeah. I mean, Halle Berry played Catwoman. And, I mean, Wesley Snipes was Blade. Was uh, yeah exactly and there, uh, there Michael uh, no. Jai White was Spawn, yeah, and yeah. and yeah it's interesting though just just sort of the cultural mm -hmm. movement that was started by that. You know what? I, I think that's the that's the thing. It's like we have had other black superheroes, but we hadn't had a black African superhero. Oh, that's a really good way to put it. That's a really really good way to put it. Like, I, I know Chadwick that. is American, but the character. And just, you know, they, they all spoke, I, you know, I can't do it. Where's Trevor Noah, but I, you know, Tossa, Tossa, I think, or it was yeah. a company, Tossa. Yeah, I can't do the click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think tough. it's X-H-O-S-I. Tossa? Tossa? Yeah. Also, uh, definitely a book I recommend for everyone is uh, Born a Crime, Trevor Noah. The mm. audiobook's even better because he reads yeah. it. But yeah, man, just something I've been, I've been pondering, um, something I've been thinking about just as his sort of impact and also where they go from here. Um, because uh, they I need read to an article. Oh, I read okay. an article today that they're writing T'Challa out of Black Panther two. Uh, okay, let me just. Oh, start Chadwick. They're, they're writing Chadwick Boseman's character out. I don't know what they're replacing him with. Can I just say? I think that I one. I think that anything we read right now is probably a bunch of horse pucky. <laughs> two. I think that my guess is. Yeah. Yeah. My guess with is Michael that he B. Jordan. Holy cow. Um, that's exactly what I was saying. I actually, I literally told someone that the other day. I was like, I know that Michael B. Jordan played Warmonger, but I think in some ways that would be the sort of the most... Killmonger, excuse me. I, yeah. I apologize. I think that might be the most perfect... I don't know. For some reason to me that felt... so, And the fact that they had been friends for so many years, to me that felt so perfect. And it's like, yes, mm -hmm. Killmonger is dead. And the, he's, this yeah. is just the same actor playing a different character. No, I was going to say, you could literally do it that way and recast. Or it's a comic book movie, bro. Nobody's dead, permanently dead in comics. Except for... I'm still hoping Iron except Man... Except for Uncle Ben. 
I think Uncle Ben is the only one who's always dead. Always dead. He's Kenny. Oh my God, somebody killed Kenny. No, but Kenny comes back to life in the next episode. Uncle Ben dies and stays dead. dead. Yeah, Uh, Uncle Ben dead. (laughs) But I mean, it's like you could revive uh, Killmonger with the freaking flower. I don't know. They have brains to write things. (laughs) Yeah, I also, I wonder if he didn't tell... um, uh kugler the director beforehand because i i I would think he would have had to told disney because there was so much money writing on that and not so much the money as just i think the power of that character though because he he knew how powerful that character was yeah that you have a much better moral argument than i do (laughs) i'm working on it um I, i mean i'm reading a number of books right now about uh how i didn't realize that my being passive it was actually contributing to you know sort of very much you know inequality and and uh, other things so yeah I'm, I'm yeah yeah trying to educate myself but all that said i think uh pretty good inaugural episode sir i think, I Sam, think we, we did uh, a good job today uh, i think we did too let's, let's, let's raise uh, a glass cheers, cheers I sir yep, i can hear, can hear that there. mine i don't okay. have any yeah sorry <laughs> Oh, Jim. <clears throat> Love it. Tequila. Uh, well, I say, uh, do, do we have a sign-off? We need a little sign-off. We need a sign-off. I was going to say a bid you adieu, but um, I don't know that anyone cares for a French sign-off. Mm, nobody likes the French. Uh, okay. Sorry, France. <laughs> I, it turns out, uh, oh, speaking of, we need to do a whole episode on, did you get your 23andMe back yet? No. Okay. Do we they're need to not, call they're them? never going to be a sponsor. No. <laughs> Do we need to call them? Yeah, because I did mine and it turns out I'm super friggin' French. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, my I can't complain. Pretty, yeah, I was going to say my, my mustache my, is pretty powerful. My last name is DeCue, which is French. So <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. But yeah. Also, um, yeah. Well, I think our sign off is. Uh, 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 thank, thanks for showing up, guys. The Lord wills it. The Lord uh, wills it. Oh, we, we could do a traditional uh, benediction. That could be hilarious. Let's see here. Uh, benediction. Are you literally Googling this as we're talking? Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, how about this, this one? This is one I know off the top of my head. Is it the Irish one? No. Fuck no, that's too long. No, it's the it's your standard almost any Christian Irish, who sure. has been Christian for it's actually over twenty five years. But, hmm. <laughs> uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord to make His face to shine upon you. That's about it. I don't like that one. Yeah, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, fuck off. Fuck off, man. I'll see you next time. <laughs> All right, adios. Adios, amigos. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to reach out to Bible and Bullshit, we can be found at Bible and BS on Instagram, and our Twitter handle is at Bible and BS1, or email us at Bible and BS at gmail.com. Stay safe out there and drink responsibly.